0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, everyone. Oh my, that's right. Here we are at a point where we now see the numbers for COVID cases higher than they've been since April. We're seeing spikes in hospitalization. We're seeing high levels of day-to-day Deaths from COVID-19 and the people who were celebrating over the summer in places like California, celebrating what a great success they were in stopping this virus because of their masking and their lockdowns now have no answer other than lockdown even more. Do more of what we've said you have to do for months and just ignore the fact that anyone who's observing what's happening here could not come away from this believing that this stuff actually works. Now, that's not the same thing as saying that a mask cannot help you in any circumstance or that if you stayed home and avoided all human contact, you would be safe from the virus. I'm talking about government policy, government mandates, government's use of force to shut down your business and keep you safe in your home and limit your freedom of travel your freedom to operate day to day is that working is it helpful or does it just make everything worse does it take out of individual hands the right to make your own health decisions for a pandemic that the government clearly flatly obviously cannot stop can, can it be any more obvious at this point what else has to happen New York, California, places that have been touting how we came together and listened to the science. That's what they were saying. Yeah? Well, did we stop listening to the science suddenly in the last 60 days? No, we did not. Maybe there's another issue here. Maybe there's another problem. People are starting to see what's really happening here. They can't hide it from you anymore. So what they're going to do is insist you obey and use force. They're going to send men with guns from sheriff's offices, local police departments, health department. I don't know if they're armed or not. Depends on where you are. Maybe they're going to send people with the force of the state behind them to make you do things that aren't even provable as good ideas. That's what they're going to do. And we're all supposed to accept this now. Now, you might say, well, Buck, the government does a lot of things. The government takes money from me in taxes. Yeah, but there are guarantees. You see, there are constitutional guarantees of due process, of equal protection, of the free exercise of religion, of freedom of assembly. And these have been completely trampled over by these idiot tyrants who are overwhelmingly Democrats at the state and local level. They do it all across the country. It's terrible here in New York City. It's awful in Los Angeles boston chicago atlanta name a city a major city with democrat control and i'll show you a place that has shown no ability whatsoever to control covid 19 but wants even more authority wants even more power now to make you submit to make you obey In staten island this is one of the five boroughs of new york city perhaps the least known it's the least populated and it has much more in common with new jersey than uh, manhattan proper great place i like staten island a lot they had a uh, a bar owner bar and restaurant for max public house i spoke to his lawyer last night they had a rally where they just gathered together and they said enough is enough here's what they did to max public house they sent sheriffs in Because this guy had said on social media, I I can't continue to have my business destroyed. So they sent sheriffs in, 20 of them. They arrested him. They arrested him and wrote up multiple citations because he's in a red zone or an orange zone or whatever the color of the zone is. He's in a zone designated as too dangerous for indoor dining. But two blocks away, there are other businesses, his competitors, who are in a in a more free zone on the same island. So they get to make money and feed their families. Max Public House does not. And he just says, this is capricious and arbitrary. This is bullcrap. That's what it is. There's no science to justify this. There's no, oh, look at the data, it'll tell you. No, this is idiot politicians who can't control this thing, who have been wrong at every phase of the pandemic who only view the answer as one thing, it's the same thing every time, they do more. They do more stuff. They have more power. More infringements, more dictates, more mandates. And so the backlash in Staten Island has begun. Hundreds of people gathered together there. What about other places? Well, you think of the states that have had the most extreme restrictions and have also been the states, generally speaking, with the worst covid results, California, perhaps an exception, which I think has more to do with climate, meaning the weather, not climate change, the, the weather in California and the fact that people aren't as densely populated, even in the major cities there as they are on the East Coast and in some of the central uh, Midwestern cities like Chicago and Detroit. But the states with the worst records dealing with covid are New York, uh, Michigan, New Jersey. These are blue as blue can be places. Well, Michigan, maybe a little less so, but Detroit is where most of the COVID cases were happening, most of the fatalities. And California is now having a massive surge, as we know. So we look at what's going on, and we understand that the regulations, the rules that they put in place, clearly have not had the intended effect. So you know what they're doing? They want... More regulations as a result. Here is the mayor of Los Angeles who's just telling you, shut it down. Shut it all down. Play six.
2: The choices between us are stark between health
1: and sickness, between care and apathy. And yes, between life and death for too many of the people that we love. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. And if it isn't essential, don't do it. Don't meet up with others outside your household. Don't host a gathering. Don't attend a gathering. And following our targeted, safer-at-home order, if you're able to stay home, stay home. This is equivalent to a, a public official telling you, really just stop living your life. And keep in mind, they'll say, for a week or two it's not a week or two it's the next 60 to 90 days Do you want to make that trade-off even more important question do you think the government should be able to force you to make that trade-off of uh, the people listening to this just americans you have a 99 point across all age groups i believe it's a 99.7 percent chance of surviving if you get covid Three out of a thousand people who get COVID could die from it. And that includes people in their 80s and 90s in that sample size. If you're under the age of 50, your chance of dying from this is less than your chance of dying if you got seasonal flu. That's a fact. You want to you want to stay at home and and and, uh, give up the next 60 to 90 days of living life. And and let me ask you this. Do you think that's worked so far? Do you think that stopped this? They just keep trying to constrict, keep trying to put more pressure and just squeeze down on this. It doesn't work. It's obvious it doesn't work. They, they hope and pray, not that the kind of people that call for this stuff really pray in, in earnest, but they, they hope that you won't notice that you'll just be scared and you'll listen and you'll do as you are told. That's really what this is about. Do as you're told, peasant. Don't ask any questions. That's what Garcetti wants. Yeah, people are scared, but there are other people who aren't scared. I go into an office every day. Every day. I'm traveling, I'm moving around the city. I go into an office every day. I try to be careful around older family members and i'm very attuned to whether or not i have any symptoms i get tested if i think there's a concern that's it that's the only thing that i think a reasonable person can do and i'm in the most densely populated part of the country okay i'm in the middle of the biggest city in america that had the most covid deaths of any place in america and i'm telling you i want to live my life and i do I'm not I'm not hunkered down. I go out to the stores. I go to my office every day now. I tape a TV show every day now. This is what I'm doing. And I don't want to stop. And I don't think that these idiots in charge have the right to make me stop. And as importantly. They're wrong about what will happen if they make me stop. Do we live in a free country or not? We're starting to have to ask this question. Do we live in a free country? If your mayor or your governor can tell you you're not allowed to leave your home except under specifically defined circumstances, you certainly can't gather together with other human beings. You can't have a wedding. You can't have a funeral. You can't open your your business, your restaurant, your shop, your store. The answer is we don't live in a free country. We need to face up to that. We need to look at this and deal with the reality. It's time to say enough. Not everyone's going to do it. Not everyone's going to push back. But you know what they can do? They can look down to Florida where I'm not saying it's some utopia down there, although the weather is very nice. But they're doing better than New York City. They're doing better than California right now in this fight against COVID. No mask mandates. No mandates. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. But they're not they're not having the government ram this down people's throats. They're not shutting down businesses all across the board. And they're doing a little bit better. Think about this, though. They should be much worse. According to what the lockdowners say, Florida should just be, oh my gosh, pandemonium for the pandemic, right? It's just, it's not the case. Why? Why is that? Why is that observable? I'm not telling you, this is not just my analysis. You can see it. Look at the numbers. It's Because the people who have been taking away your freedom this whole time and promising you safety in return have been
0: lying to you. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest news and information from Buck by heading to bucksexton.com.
1: Michigan is one of the states that's been hit the hardest by COVID, mostly in and around Detroit, but Michigan overall has, has had a tough time with it. And, and Gretchen Whitmer has been among the most extreme governors. She's one that. Wants to make her mark by telling everybody that they can't even go from one home they own to another home they own. Not allowed. Maybe you'll infect somebody in your car by yourself. Idiotic, of course. But there are people in Michigan, as well as many other states, who are starting to see all of these failures, all of these shortcomings. And they've had enough. They're sick of it. In central Michigan, uh, there's a guy who went on a rant on a local TV station He's a restaurant owner who interrupted a local TV report. And I want you to this is this is a, a, little, a little bit of a longer clip. I want you to hear the whole thing by this guy. Here's here's just an American. Here's a guy who showed up probably 6 o'clock in the morning. Restaurant hours are long and hard. He's been there. You know, scrumming pots and pans, telling his staff they got to show up. They got to get the meal out, fire up that chicken, get that burger cooked properly. I mean, it's restaurant work is hard. As friends of mine, people I know. Will tell you at any opportunity, it looks glamorous on TV. It's not a lot of depending whether you're doing the chef side of it or the server side of it. A lot of long hours on your feet. It's not easy stuff. And to be a restaurant owner, you're in it. You're in that fight every day you got to deal with customers. you got to deal with their whims and their fits. So when you've built a restaurant that's able to pay the bills, you know what? You're a success. You've beaten the odds. And this guy has a successful business that's being destroyed. It's being taken from him by tyrannical bureaucrats. And he's in central Michigan. He's had enough. And this is what he had to say. Play 12.
3: The details on why the judge said no. Mr. Vargas, uh-huh. is everything okay? Okay. My government leaders have abandoned me. Are you Are you the, the owner? Trillion of of, four trillion dollars of stimulus money. And they gave it to who? Special Uh-oh. interest groups and campaign donors. I'm Dave Morris. I own the place. So what's going on? What's going on? You know what's going on. Tell me. You tell me. Hey, we got a government... That has taken the stimulus money, they gave it to special campaign donors, they gave it to special interests, they abandoned me, and they have put me in a position where I have to fight back, okay? So do you feel that this is the right thing to do? Absolutely. I feel everybody needs to stand up. Hey, listen, there was enough money to give every family, every family in this country, $20,000 to go home for two months. They chose to give it to special interests and campaign donors, the Kennedy Space Center, and they abandoned us. So, you could have given me money. I'd gladly walk away for 60 days and let this virus settle down. I'm not going to do it alone. Okay? Are you going to continue to violate the state's orders and this stay open? This state, state order. This isn't an order. This is a conspiracy. This is a tyranny. What do you want to tell other restaurant owners? Who wake would- up. Stand up. This is America. Be free.
4: I got patriots coming out supporting me.
1: Wake up, stand up, this is America, be free. That's Dave Morris, restaurant owner in Central Michigan. My government leaders have abandoned me, he says. That's true. They have mandated that he shut down his business, no more income, ruined all the hard work he put into it, Gonna be fa- he's falling behind on rent, I'm sure, for the, for the location, I'm, it's unlikely he owns it staff members that he might have trained and worked with have had to go and find other work or perhaps they're at home on unemployment. It's a mess. And for what? Because this works so well? Because shutting down human contact has stopped this virus in its tracks? Who believes that at this point? Who really thinks that's true? Based on what? Look at where we are now versus where we were before they were going into all these lockdowns. You're going to tell me it's such a better situation. Notice that they they can't decide depending on which news outlet you check at, at any moment. If they see one area where cases have gone down a little bit in the last week, it's oh, see, all of our lockdowns have worked. If they see that cases have gone up a little bit, it's oh, people didn't listen to us over Thanksgiving. There's no honesty in the assessment of these figures and numbers. There's no honesty in how they're looking at these lockdowns. I'll tell you this. Even a lot of conservative jurists and a lot of conservative politicians for sure are cowards. There are constitutionalist judges who are cowards right now on this because nobody wants to be the one who says the government can't protect you from this virus. It will pretend and do a lot of damage by pretending, but it is up to you and your family to find what works best for you to protect yourself, to make your own decisions. You can listen to all these mandates. You can listen to everything they're telling you and go for an essential doctor's visit. Go to the hospital because you have to get something checked out that has nothing to do with COVID and have a nosocomial infection. You could go to the grocery store and sure enough, somebody there is infected, too, because this is the place where we're all gathering and you can still get infected. I understand that they say this is meant to mitigate your chances of getting infected. But how much is that really working and what's the cost? Mitigate it by what degree? I mean, if I told you that your chance of getting COVID-19, I mean, it it went down by by five percent. Would it be worth all these lockdowns? Why can't we have a trade offs discussion?
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast.
3: Well, in Florida, Tucker, as you mentioned, all businesses are open. We've had things like theme parks, beaches open
1: for months and months. We have K- uh, schools open, all K through 12 school districts, private schools, charter schools. Uh, we have sporting events. And um, I think that for me, I think, as you alluded to, a lot of these lockdowns have been very ineffective. Uh, they have huge Negative consequences, and my view is that everybody's essential. Who's government to say that your job is not essential? I think it is essential. Uh, I think some of the stuff in March and April uh, uh, didn't work. Um, I think you have to let people earn a living, and it's really not even government's role to say who who could pick and choose. So we want everyone to have gainful employment. We want businesses to be able to operate. so they're open. Florida's still functioning as a, as a as a relatively normal society there you're hearing from Ron DeSantis, the governor there is another way friends that's what i'm saying and and they just ignore it because the people that have pushed these lockdowns they think they're so smart oh they think they're so much smarter than all the rest of us oh and they've got a bunch of biden voting blue check mds who will say we listen to the science yeah i i can see with my own eyes what's happening i don't need someone to tell me the science looking at the most recent data coronavirus cases mind you if you look at the fatality rate New York is still far worse far worse than Florida um, but if you look at cases as of let me see yesterday you got about 8 thousand covid 19 cases in Florida and you've got let me see here um, 89 yeah 8975 in New York and you got uh, you know 80 88 Forty-seven in Florida. Last couple of days. I'm just, you know, just to give you a sense of the numbers. So you got about the same number of cases in New York, same number of cases in Florida. And these are popular. These are states with close to the same population. Florida is actually more populous than New York by a couple of million. So, what exactly is New York gaining? In in what way is New York doing such a great job with orange zones and red zones and shutting down businesses? Cases are the same. So uh, we are running the experiment right now in real time. Florida is run by people like Ron DeSantis who are saying, let's look at what's actually happening and deal with what we're seeing in real life. New York is, oh, I'm going to Cuomo. I listen to the science. If you don't listen to me, you want your grandparents to die. Because I'm very sciencey. I listen to a lot of science. That's what's going on. We all understand all you have to do is think for yourself and you will come to the conclusion that the people who have pushed these lockdowns are living in a fantasy. Remember, the the alternative to lockdown is not go out to a crowded bar as soon as possible if you're a senior citizen and let people cough in your face, right? They always set up this straw man. The alternative to lockdown is put out all the public health messaging you can about things people can do to try to mitigate But then allow individuals to make choices, allow them to decide whether they want to go to a restaurant and eat indoors or not, whether they want to go to a store and buy something or not. Life is at your own risk. That's the way we should be allowed to live. But that's certainly not what's happening right now. Now, we're having all these all these dictates and mandates just just foisted upon us. We we're under this tyrannical yoke of idiots, idiots who think that they know so much more than they do about how to make this better. I, I would love to see the CDC director try to explain why Florida and New York have about the same number of cases when one is. You heard the governor. Schools are open. Businesses are open. No mask mandates. If, if a business owner wants you to wear a mask. They can put up a a wear a mask sign and that's a private premises. And if they want that, fine. I'm not unreasonable. But you see, in New York, every business requires it as a function of law from the government. They didn't make a choice. Some of them might want it. Some of them might not. You have to do it. See, that's the mandate part of this. That's the force you all based upon this highly specious argument that this is a game changer for stopping the pandemic spread it's clearly not what happened in los angeles why is california exploding with cases oh they were that california was all about masks all about masks remember when they would have mass gatherings for blm protests or for biden victories well they were wearing masks oh okay what happened they stopped wearing masks no so what's their explanation for this it gets colder. Oh, human behavior changes because it gets a little colder. California is not that much colder. Just saying. So what's their explanation? They don't have one. They don't have one. Their, their explanation is mask up. Shut up. Do what you're told. That's all they have to say to you. And the CDC director is entirely unhelpful in this regard. Play seven.
4: The time for debating whether or not masks work or not is over. We clearly have scientific evidence. You couple that with uh, social distancing, hand-washing, being smart about crowds, uh, doing things more outside than inside. Uh, these are critical uh, mitigation steps, to which to many people seem simple and they don't really think it could have you know, much of an impact. But the reality is they're very, very powerful tools. They have an enormous impact. And right now it is so important that we recommit ourselves to this mitigation as we now begin to turn the corner with the vaccine, but the reality is December and January and February are going to be rough times. I actually believe they're going to be the most difficult time in the public health history of this nation, uh, largely because of the stress that's going to put on our health care system.
0: Wait,
1: but we're going to do all the mitigation. So how do you know it's going to be the worst winter we've ever had in public health? I don't understand. Notice this doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. How, how uh, he says it's very powerful tools, a very powerful tool is everybody masks up, everybody's social distances in, let's just say, one city and cases drop 30 percent, 50 percent within a couple of weeks. That's a powerful tool. You th- does anyone think that's going to happen? Oh, no. Maybe it maybe it slows the rate, not even the full duration, slows the rate of the spread, meaning the speed, the velocity of spread by what? Five percent, 10 percent. Okay. well, how many businesses are you willing to bankrupt? How many suicides are you willing to, uh, you know, essentially push people toward? How much depression and and despair and how many seniors die alone in hospitals, die alone in nursing homes because they're not allowed to see their loved ones and they haven't been able to for a long time. I just want to know at at what cost for that 5% slower spread or 10. And I'm making up the numbers, but see, I tell you, I'm honest when I say I'm just making, I'm just taking guesses. That's what they are doing too. Don't you think if the CDC director and all these journos out there had clear evidence Don't you think that they would present it? We would all know what it is. Where is this? Where is this? This. uh, And notice he said evidence, not proof. I want proof. You're going to have government mandates. You're going to destroy businesses and and ruin lives because you say you're protecting lives by uh, having a, a government mandate to shut down some businesses. Remember, it's not all businesses. If they did a full on lockdown, everyone must stay home you cannot leave we will arrest you on site yeah that that would bring the spread down you know i'm sure within 2 weeks you'd see a, you know 80% drop or a 70% drop maybe more but here's the problem with that society would crumble people would freak out how do we get people what they need how do we can how do we get essential day-to-day needs tended to if you can't even leave your home, we don't have the infrastructure for that. We have no way of getting everyone food. You're going to tell people they need to just starve for two weeks? It's lives at stake. Most Americans have a little reserves in the belly. They'll be okay, right? Now, I understand this is just a thought experiment, but think, think through it. Let's say we did that. Let's say we listened to them. We went to the most extreme possible version of the mitigation, as Fauci calls it. Two weeks No one's allowed to leave their home. You're going to be arrested on site. And we 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 bring that curve way down. We crush that curve. Then what happens? Okay, we did our two weeks. We did our two weeks. So then we now we can go out a little bit right now. We can start going to stores and we. Right. And what happens then? Oh, that's right. The virus starts spreading all over again. And they'll say, oh, no, but let's try to, you know, titrate this. Let's try to try to mitigate this a little bit No doesn't work. It's going to spread. The only way to get this thing to stop spreading is to get human beings to not to not be in contact with each other and not live their lives at all. That's it. All this other stuff of, oh, you can only go here, but you can't go there. You can wear a mask going to the bathroom in the restaurant, but not when you sit down in the restaurant. You can go to a restaurant outside, but you can't go to a restaurant inside unless you're Gavin Newsom and then you can go to French Laundry with 10 people because you're special, right? We see what's going on here. We understand what's happening. Don't let them bully you into foregoing your own ability to think these problems through.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. President Trump
1: spent 45 minutes giving a speech yesterday, laying out all of his concerns and yes, allegations about voter fraud in this election. I watched it and then I went and read through the transcript afterwards to make sure I'm as up to speed as possible on absolutely all of what's happening here. I'm talking to people in the campaign legal team and others who are doing data crunching for them because this is a lot of complicated issues. And and I keep saying this time is not on our side. Uh, It is now the first week of December. This is going to be I'm just telling you, this is going to be over and done with based on the system right now before the new year. That's what's likely to happen unless you get a judge between now and then to make a really big decision. Now, I think Pennsylvania, as I've told you, is the strongest place for there to be a real legal challenge that would either decertify the vote because it cannot be certified because they cannot prove that it was uh, done fairly and legally. But I, I think that judge, a judge will be very, it'll be very, a very high bar to, to meet. And like, I'm just telling you the truth. I, I know right now, and I want you all to be aware of this. There is a little bit of a squabbling from the scraps from the MAGA table going on in conservative media. And there are some people who figure it doesn't matter what I do between now and the end of January. Uh, all that really you know, what I say, how wrong I may be. All that matters is that I seem like I'm the real fighter. Look, I'm telling you that Trump needs to fight this thing to the end. But I'm also realistic. You know, I'm coming at this with open eyes about the chances of success. They're not zero, but they're not high. People are welcome to criticize me. Tell me that I'm wrong. I hope those people, especially those who have been following me or known me for years, will come back if I'm Right. Which, as we all know, well, I won't say it, uh, but come back and tell me, wow, you were right. We fought it, but your, your prediction on the, on the chances here. And now, why does it matter what the chance is? It matters because we need to manage our expectations. We need to understand that, that this Georgia runoff on January 5th, we better damn sure Get out there with with everything we've got as conservatives. Every Republican in the state of Georgia needs to go out there and vote. And we need to make sure that there's not fraud going on there. You know, we need We still have a battle to fight here, friends. Even if Trump wins, we've got a battle to fight. There's a lot of stuff going on here. So now I'll I'll let you hear from the president. This was this was part of his his uh, statement. Play one. This may be
2: the most important speech I've ever made. I want to provide an update on our ongoing efforts to expose the tremendous voter fraud and irregularities which took place during the ridiculously long November 3rd elections. We used to have what was called election day. Now we have election days, weeks and months, and lots of bad things happened during this ridiculous period of time, especially when you have to prove almost nothing to exercise our greatest privilege, the right to vote. As president, I have no higher duty than to defend the laws and the Constitution of the United States. That is why I am determined to protect our election system, which is now under coordinated assault and siege.
1: The president saying here that it is his duty as commander-in-chief to make sure that he looks into this with everything that he can.
0: That they
1: do the due diligence, the investigation, and they present facts, both in a court of law and a court of public opinion. The president continued play two.
2: for months leading up to the presidential election. We were warned that we should not declare a premature victory. We were told repeatedly that it would take weeks, if not months, to determine the winner, to count the absentee ballots and to verify the results. My opponent was told to stay away from the election, don't campaign, we don't need you, we've got it, this election is done. In fact, they were acting like they already knew what the outcome was going to be. They had it covered, and perhaps they did, very sadly for our country. It was all very, very strange. Within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint a winner Even while many key states were still being counted, the constitutional process must be allowed to continue. We are going to defend the honesty of the vote by ensuring that every legal ballot is counted and that no illegal ballot is counted. This is not just about honoring the votes of 74 million Americans who voted for me. It's about ensuring that Americans can have faith in this election, and in all future elections.
1: It is about that. The president has a duty here, despite what all the media is saying and, and their claims that he's he's crazy and this is insane and this is a coup and you know, all the hysterics from them. I'm actually almost impressed that they haven't exhausted themselves with their Trump is destroying the republic and, and all the hyperventilating. You would think after a while it would just get tiresome for them, but it's but it's not. Uh, there is a case being presented today in Nevada about voter fraud alleged to have uh, alleged to have occurred there. We've already seen the case presented in Michigan and in Arizona and in Pennsylvania, and now it's battlefield Georgia that a lot of people are focused on.
0: We stay in this fight, friends, win or lose. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest news and information from Buck by heading to bucksexton.com. Alexandra
1: Ocasio-Cortez is the ideological leader of the Democrat left. We all know this. She can do whatever she wants on social media and all of a sudden will trend. And all the all the idiot leftists who think that MSNBC is really high, high level intellectual stuff. They they say, "Yeah, AOC, she's great. She knows what's up." Social justice, wokeness, all that stuff, right? We we know that that's it's just the way it is. But today this is this is uh, it's trending and it's amazing. AOC has AOC has opened a, a store online. And this is my favorite one. This is all over social media now. She is selling a sweatshirt that says tax the rich. Like, yeah, tax the rich, tax the tax, the rich people. How much do you think AOC's tax the rich sweatshirt retails for right now? This is in, this is the AOC store. I'm pretty sure that's capitalism. Do you think she's going to give? Uh, you know, half of the proceeds of this to underprivileged families, you, you think that she's or, or, or more, you, you think that this is just being run out of the kindness of her heart? No, I'm sure she's going to make millions off of this. She's a brand now. AOC is a brand, um, and I, I think that she recognizes that she wants to be a uh, a a very powerful Democrat for a long time to come. And you need money. Um, I always think of AOC as Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée which is the French for where a wine comes from. If you ever see AOC, there used to be a great little French place, probably gone now in the West Village, called AOC. So you can either have it be Alexander Ocasio-Cortez or Appellation d'Origine Contrôle. Uh, Either one, both AOCs. And she's selling this sweatshirt for $65. $65. That's an expensive sweatshirt. Producer Mark, have you ever bought a $65 sweatshirt? Certain ones, yeah. Okay. So you're telling me that's not... That, that seems kind of pricey to me. That seems like I could probably get a polo sweatshirt or something kind of fancy for that. It's reasonable for something with a logo or something on it. Sure, I guess. Okay. So, but, they, but we, we'll hold on. But see, that's a perfect point. Because you know if you're buying that... I was going to say Eagles jersey, but I don't want you to throw things at me. If you're buying that sweatshirt at Met Stadium... They're taking a big uh, they're, it's you're not just paying for the sweatshirt. You got to pay for the name usage and the profit and everything else. Right. So you're getting. So, yeah, I think that's that's what I would assume. If you were if you were buying from one of the don't they, they sell like gear at the stadiums. Right. So if you were buying a stadium sweatshirt, it probably 65 or 70 bucks.
2: Yes. Even online. That's what they retail for you. Yeah. OK. But this is a
1: tax the rich sweatshirt. I can assure you it doesn't cost her $60 to make this. She's doing this to make a profit. Oh, That's great. $65. Let me see what, what other gear is. She's got tax the rich, drink water and don't be racist. What else do we have? Student debt with a line through it. And the Green New Deal. It's like a painting of her with the Green New Deal. <laughs> I love it i think i think aoc for our side is great i think the more people could see this the better the more they come to understand that this is someone who is elevated among democrats Uh, a, a person who i think if you sat in a room with her and tried to solve relatively simple problems you would say oh my god this this woman is an imbecile but she's one of the most powerful democrats in the country uh and i mean this is somebody who thinks that it's a great slam on her critics To say that she won some kind of a a science award in high school. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, when you have millions and millions of followers, that's what you do. And I'm going to tell you this right now. And you may not like hearing this, but but you will you will listen to me say it. And most of you will know it's the truth. And don't give me I I can already feel heads shaking across the country because you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. Ocasio-Cortez could very well be the Democrat president of the United States at some point in the future. I I know you don't want to hear it, but it's true because it's all about the story, the media, the narrative. That's all that matters. Joe Biden thinks he just won the presidential election. The media has already declared him the winner. If if they can make Joe Biden president, they can make anybody president. That's what they're thinking. Why do you think there's so much jubilation? One of the big issues for the media, one of the big problems they had in 2016 was that Trump's victory seemed to be a repudiation of the media's ability in its own mind to be able to declare who should win the presidency and to make it so, to make it happen, Oh, Casio Cortez tweeted this out. Republicans are freaking out because we don't use slave wage labor for merchandise that funds grassroots organizing. What's the difference between Trump's merch and ours? Ours is made in the USA. Um, Yeah, but Trump is a capitalist AOC. (laughs) Trump is trying to make a profit. His ideology is I am trying to run a business. AOC's ideology is I want to take money from everybody else. To give it to preferred constituencies using government force, while I get to be a millionaire. AOC, if she's not already worth over a million dollars, which I'm sure she is, uh, is going to be worth millions and millions of dollars. Politics and celebrity are now one and the same. Right? Politicians have turned into. I mean, at, at a high level, politicians are all now celebrities with countless ways to monetize, and that's what they do. And not only in shady ways like Joe Biden and his son and China and Ukraine. Right. We all know about that. But in more standard ways, they give you a book deal. Doesn't matter how many books The, the good authors, you know, the established brands that are writing, you know, thriller novels that sell, you know, a million, two million copies each and all this. They at publishing houses, they pay for giving someone like AOC a book advance that's large. Look, she'll sell books, too. But they'll give her more money than she's worth because it's a prestige thing for the big publishing houses. It's about the prestige that they bring to it. So, yeah, Republicans are freaking out. No, we're not freaking out. We just think it's funny. We think it's funny because she's uh, supposed to be so anti-capitalist. And, I, and I, like, I, like I've told you, I guarantee you that AOC will be within the next, if she's not already, there'll be a report that comes out In the next four years. Right. So we'll say the next presidential administration, you'll find out that AOC, who's what, 30 years old, close to it, is worth five to ten million dollars, at least at least. So she's going to be very rich at a very young age, running around telling everybody about how bad rich people are and how they need to be taxed more. And even more than that, I mean, this is great because really AOC is going to turn into an experiment of liberalism in real time. We'll see that she says all this stuff and just like Elizabeth Warren and these other phonies. But when there's an opportunity for her to make some make some extra cash, she not only is going to is going to jump on it. She's going to want to pay the lowest possible tax rate she can. And she'll pay, you know, elite accounting firms to do that for her. But she wants your taxes to go up. Kind of like the way these Democrats, you starting to see a pattern here, aren't you? They want you to mask up all the time. Don't eat indoors. Don't eat outdoors at restaurants. Don't see your family over holidays because your sacrifices are for the greater good. They don't want to make sacrifices because that's no fun. So AOC, in many ways, is is the perfect. uh, The perfect Democrat in 2020. She's exactly what the Democrat Party is all about now, Um an enormous enormous media profile fame lots of money and marxism and h- how do those things all go together well you have to be an enormous hypocrite an ignoramus and not really care about what's happened in history because of policies like this and what will happen in the future because you'll be insulated she'll still be she could she could author policies in congress in the future that will bankrupt whole industries, which is what she wants to do with the Green New Deal. She's never going to go bankrupt. She'll always be rich. If you if you knew, if you were guaranteed a life of financial luxury, wouldn't it be so tempting if you were an unethical person, wouldn't it be so tempting to use the the suffering of other people who are striving and working hard and building, but to take more from them so that you look like a good person? You want to give it to those who haven't been able to make it happen yet. I mean, are we really to assume there are so many fundamental flaws in Marxist logic and so many contradictions in the way they approach the world? Are we really to assume, for example, that everyone works just as hard, that everyone's just as talented? I can tell you I'm I'm in the media business now and there are some people who have an incredible work ethic and there are other people who are pretty lazy. And unless the lazy people are really lucky, which does happen, uh, they tend not to have the same career trajectory as the people that work really hard. Should we should we redistribute the money among people in in the in the news business and in journalism? No, they wouldn't. They would never want that. Right. That's no good. Also, you'll notice that journalists in particular, they usually have this cutoff around 200 or 250 thousand dollars for people they say is rich. That's because to be a journalist at a at a pretty prestige publication and to just be yet another journalist there, it's really hard to make more money than that. Usually, if you work the New York Times, these places, you kind of top out around 200, 250. And that's if you're pretty good. So rich has to be more than that. And the people that are shaping perception all the time at these publications, they they want, you know, rich starts at like 500 K. Because unless you're an executive or you have other things going on, other other um, sources of income, you're, you're not going to make that working at a, at a newspaper. Right? But you can make 150 grand, 200 grand. You can make that working at think tanks. So that that never counts as rich. You'll notice that that's not really rich. Although eventually what you find with the Marxist logic of people like AOC is that it has to be the workers. The workers do bear the burden of the taxes because there are so many more of them. I mean, you could take every penny, every penny, not just a tax rate of people in the one percent made in any given year and you wouldn't be able to pay the federal. You wouldn't be able to pay for the federal budget that year. You Wouldn't be able to do it. Um, But AOC and the other leftists, they assume that there are these government, there are these structural impediments between people that must only be addressed by the government. And therefore, they're in the position of a kind of deity. They get to determine what you get, how you get it, when you get it. Kind of like with covid lockdowns, you're seeing how it all ties together.